0: Welcome to Inside the Piranha Club. We will take a look back at the British Grand Prix where it was yet another victory for Max Verstappen, but there was plenty for the British fans to cheer about as Lando Norris and Lewis Hamilton made up the rest of the podium. I'm Rebecca Clancy.
1: And I'm a slightly jaded but still enthused Ben Hunt. <laughs>
0: Do you do you want to explain why you're slightly jaded, Ben? Given we're recording this on Monday morning, yeah, after the
1: yeah, yeah. Sure, it was just a long journey home. Um, you know, it's it's lovely to do your home race and everything, but of course, come with it comes all the, the pressures of staying on top of the stories as usual and delivering uh, good stories and uh, and just staying on top of the subject, but also. It's that drive home, isn't it? I now live, um, you know, uh, a little bit further away than Silverstone than I used to do, so down the south coast. And it took me about two and a half hours, maybe three hours, to get home last night on a kindly loaned motorbike from Harley Davidson, which was all very fun until I hit the traffic. And it's so wide you can't do filtering, so uh, I had to sit like everyone else. Anyway. I anyway,
0: well, I mean, one of the reasons you were leaving late was because, uh, as I mentioned, the British podium. Yeah. So let's let's start on a positive because it was a sure. brilliant weekend for McLaren, who um, had a very strong Saturday. Lando Norris qualified second. And there was a lot of chatter on Saturday night about whether or not he had the race pace to maintain that. Uh, and as we saw on Sunday, he not only maintained second, but he actually got Verstappen off the line. And... It, you know, we should say Verstappen's starts aren't his strong point. He is human and he does have a flaw. Um, Very few and far between, but he does and that's one of them. So Lando Norris is actually leading his home race for five laps. Um, credit to Verstappen, who back in the day probably would have been a bit bull in a china shop trying to get back past him, but actually knows he's got so much confidence in himself in that car now, doesn't he? Mm. He knows just to sit and bide his time and yeah. Uh, actually, one, and once he was passed and we never really saw him again. I can't imagine the Red Bull sponsors are that happy because it barely <laughs> on the TV. Anyway, it was brilliant from McLaren and everything they're doing, all those upgrades. We've been quite brutal to them at the yeah. start of the season when they missed their development targets and we didn't yeah. really understand how that was possible. They seem to have, uh, now that they've got those upgrades, they obviously trialed them at the last race uh, and then brought them here for the British Grand Prix. They're doing very well now. Oscar Piastri finished fourth in his rookie season. That is absolutely brilliant from him.
1: Yeah, I mean, they were they were very honest, weren't they, at the start of the year? I think that was probably their their downfall. They, they told us openly, um, you know, this isn't the car that we wanted to launch with. We're some way behind. It's going to take us a little while to get these parts through. And I remember being in the room and thinking, crikey, why are they telling us this? You know, mm. because this is a car launch. This should all be razzmatazz. We're all ever so excited. Look at our new spangly paintwork and everything. But, no, they, 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 they were keeping it real, um, which was great. And um, so, yeah, it was no surprise that they did have a bad start, but we did tend to hammer them and we were a bit like, you know, come on, when are you, you going to sort it out? And the pressure started mounting. They obviously made managerial changes, don't they? I mean, they got rid of James yeah. Key, um, the guy who designed some of that car um, yeah they've, d- they've done well and I think the, the most important thing for me is not just the, the home race because Silverstone is a very different track to a lot of the others that we go to but they also performed well in Austria as well which is very different to Silverstone so yep. they've got a car that works on two tracks um, you know it was interesting to note Lewis's uh, Lewis Hamilton's comments afterwards, when he's saying, you know, it's a rocket ship, and, and George Russell yeah. was equally complimentary about how that car was performing. Um, and I'm going to mention tyres, but they were performing well on hard tyres, <laughs> which isn't usually the case. God, I, maybe I care but too but, much but you say
0: all of that. You say about Austria and you say the British Grand Prix, but Lando was very downbeat about yes. um, Hungary.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he, he was. I, I don't know if he was just trying to keep expectation in check. Um, but yes, it, it was surprising to hear his comments afterwards saying, you know, we, we'll probably be nowhere at Hungary. So, hmm, let's see what happens. Do, you know? Do you want to
0: know another story that surprised me about Lando Norris? Yeah. So, uh, I was there this weekend, and we have a session with Lando Norris before every race. And so we sat down with him, we were just chatting away and he, he stays, uh, let's just say very close to the paddock. And if he wanted to, he could walk from his hotel room to the paddock without seeing anybody. Instead, he chooses to get in a car, drive around the entire circuit to reach the paddock because he loves the fans that much Mm. and he just wants to see them all. And he thinks the atmosphere is so incredible. uh, And he also wears bracelets that his fans have given him and he rotates them every race, which I thought was amazing because I can, uh, you know, it's, they have a lot of work to do when it's your home race. Their commitments are huge and they don't really have much downtime. But it's really nice to hear him say how much he's loving it, how much he's loving integrating with the fans and seeing them and, you know, kind of, Getting them on side, I suppose, in a way. But um, he's just absolutely loving it at the moment, yeah, isn't he?
1: Yeah, some some drivers just do it. for Philip service, don't they? But um, yeah, he was I there. Know, till he loves non, He was there yeah. till nine o'clock last night signing autographs before leaving the track. So it shows you that he, um, yeah, he kind of does care about it. So uh, yeah. no, really good. Um, you know, I thought I was going to have to rewrite the book, but haven't yet. So um, <laughs> maybe there's another. I love chapter the book. Gets a plug
0: every yeah, podcast I now. I, I love know.
1: it. It's good, isn't it? It's When's getting it close. Out? uh april sorry april no august the third oh it's less than a mind. month yeah yeah pre-order pre-order care. but um, um, no uh, no it's, it's, it's really good um zach brown is probably still high-fiving people um <sighs> you know going around the factory this morning i can only imagine he's doing all 1000 people and he's probably gone around the automotive plant as well and getting the Formula E people involved but uh, no i'm joking it's a great achievement for them Um, And I'm very pleased that someone else is up there fighting. Um, From a British perspective, it's great to have another driver, British driver on the podium, alongside Lewis Hamilton, who we'll probably come on to now.
0: Well, let's do him now because it was a very good weekend. Well, actually, it wasn't an amazing weekend for him, um, but it certainly finished how probably the most he could have expected, really. They still don't know this car at all, do they? They bring upgrades, they get happy, they get sad, they work, they don't work. Um, You've already mentioned, so, you know, obviously a lot of these cars are track-specific except for the Red Bull, which wins everywhere. Um, But he was pretty happy by the end of it. And also, the fight between him and Lando Norris was brilliant. And he said afterwards, which was absolutely not even a thinly veiled dig at Verstappen, it was good to race with someone who you knew wasn't going to crash into <laughs> you and you knew it would give enough space and you could race hard but fair. And it was it was heart stopping stuff at moments where you thought, oh, my God, no, why are you doing that? Someone is going to have to pull out of this. Um, and it was brilliant. Yeah,
1: no, it's great. And, uh, you know, for, for, you know, the first five laps were great just to see someone else leading. The start of a Grand Prix. And and that battle, that two battles they had, wasn't it, after the restart mm. as well with the safety yeah. car? After the safety um, car, yeah. You know, it, it, it was great to see. Um, you know, I didn't expect that the McLaren would have the pace, but it did. And so And uh, on
0: hard tire. Oh, are you saying about tires? But they were on the hard tire, which yeah. Norris wasn't very happy about. No. And Hamilton was supposedly on the faster soft tire.
1: So um yeah, no, it's all, all boding very well, isn't it? And uh, I look forward to Hungary. A great, great race, um, good track. And so let's see if he can carry it on there.
0: Well, um, let's see indeed. Yeah. And Mercedes, what, what, do we, what do you think about? Oh. Yeah,
1: I'm not sure. Like, like you say, they keep flipping and flopping, don't they? Um, yeah. They're just not able to have a consistent, clean weekend. Lewis's strength has always been the ability to get the most out of the package that he's got, which is always on the Sunday. Um, George seems to do the opposite. He's very good in qualifying, but then doesn't really make progress on the Sunday. So it's kind of, they need both their drivers to start pulling it out of the bag on the Sunday, but just to have a smooth weekend. They haven't had a smooth weekend for a long time. And I think Lewis was relieved more than anything else being on the podium. Um, 11th consecutive podium at Silverstone for Lewis Hamilton. That's amazing.
0: Lewis Mm. got slightly lucky with strategy as well, because obviously when the safety car came out, um, Kevin Magnussen's car decided to, well, the engine decided to blow and there was Mm. a fire. He's fine. Um, But that brought out the safety car and they effectively got a free pit stop and that's how he ended up getting past Piastri for that podium. Yeah. Um, which is slightly fortuitous, but, you know, he does have an amazing ability to be in the right lo- right place at the right time Yeah, quick over on, and over again.
1: On, on Piastri, it's amazing, isn't it, how he's yeah. managed to be there. Um, you know, this is... and He's I've
0: flown under the radar a bit this season, yeah, I thought. Yeah, I mean, We kind of really got to see him at this race, which yeah, is great.
1: Yeah, time. I mean, you know, he's kind of coming to F1, um, quite a bit of expectation given the fact of what happened and how he sort of wriggled his way out of that Alpine contract, um, but knuckled down, not, not been... You know, afraid to mix it with with drivers on track, but kept it clean. There's been no controversial elements. He's just just no. got about his business. Um,
0: and huge shoes, given that he was replacing Daniel Ricciardo, who's won eight Grand Prix.
1: Well, he did a shooey, didn't he? On the on the stage, did you I see did. that? Yeah, yeah. Afterwards, oh, well. um, being managed by Mark Webber, of course, and and Mark's wife, um, Anne. Um, I was talking to Mark before. He says that he reminds. Um, oh, this is Oscar. Reminds him of. Prost and the way that Prost used to go about things sort of no, no no nothing fancy but just to the point steady Eddie and delivers so let's see how that turns out but um I can imagine that, 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 that Lando is becoming more and more aware um of Oscar being there and, and and he's certainly not blowing him away in the same way as he did Daniel Ricciardo mm. last year
0: it's quite a high pressure comparison mm.
1: yes absolutely <laughs>
0: Cheers, Mark. Cheers, boss.
1: Um,
0: Talking about strategy, let's just very quickly go to Ferrari because it wasn't a great Mm. weekend for them by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Ferrari, Charles Leclerc finished ninth and Carlos Sainz was 10th. Leclerc missed out for strategy, really. Um, Sainz just doesn't seem to like the car. (sighs) Is there much more to say about Ferrari other than please, dear God, somebody sort them out?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, they're in danger, aren't they, of losing second, third, fourth, Place in the constructors. I mean that's where yeah where we're at. Um two very good drivers, more than capable of delivering.
0: Well they're current currently fourth.
1: Well there we are. Yeah. And and, and well, that's staggering, isn't it? When you think yeah. that all the resource and everything that they've got that they're fourth in the constructors. New men in charge, I'm not sure it's working for him. I know we're a bit quick to judge. I was a bit skeptical when Fred went in there. Fred Vasseur Um yes, he's a racer, but he's always done well at small clubs it's different when you when you get the big clubs small teams when teams, you go to, yeah. it's a football thing kicking in there but the moment that like a football manager if you move to a big club it's slightly different and of course I feel that maybe he's finding that um, in order to make decisions and change direction it's like an oil tanker isn't it? it's not able to turn yeah. and so he's not having much of an effect maybe it will change in the future but then he's already losing key staff so um, you know, I'm a little bit concerned for Ferrari. I think if I was the two drivers, I'd be a little bit worried.
0: Well, I've, I've, I've said it a few times now. I don't think Charles has any faith left in that team.
1: No, it seems to have. Um, and it? I think we
0: see it in his driving. I think we see it when he's going wheel to wheel. He's just not quite the driver that we're used to. And he's, you know, we saw it in Austria. He was great on the Saturday mm. um, when it's just him and the car. But when it comes down to strategy calls, he's yep. just not there. However, Ferrari could be helped out. This is a lovely segue. Ferrari could be helped out by Aston Martin, who Mm -hmm. are kind of MIA, I would suggest, at the moment. So having gone from all those podiums at the start, five podiums for Fernando Alonso, he finished in seventh, and uh, Lance Stroll was all the way down in 14th. They have had a couple of tricky races.
1: Yes. How, what is
0: effectively their home race because they are—they just opened their new factory across, literally across the road from the entrance to Silverstone.
1: Well, I think what we're seeing now is the development race, which is, um, yeah. you know, the, the, the ability for teams to manufacture and design new parts for their car. So it's all very well looking at the Red Bull last year and copying that to a certain degree and coming out the box and being very quick at the start, which is exactly what we saw. I think now, though the other teams are catching up at a better rate than what they are. So they're not making as much progress as they would be like to be doing. Um, I guess some of that is a little bit of a hangover in the fact that they obviously recruited um, and those guys sort of haven't really had long enough yet to bring new parts and, and ideas to the table. So it's something that we may, also may see towards the tail end of the year, but it does seem to be a little bit of a... <sighs> If you can imagine a production line, it's almost like a, you know, the factory's closed down for the summer. And so I think that that's kind of what we're seeing. So the, the progress, progress, then a short stop of progress, and then it will pick up again. Um, yeah. I, th- I think that's kind of what I'm anticipating. Later in the year, they'll come back. But um, yeah, it does seem for the time being that their ability to fight for wins has dropped away.
0: Well, to put it into context, they're currently third in the constructors' championship, but Ferrari are only twenty-four points behind them, which isn't that much. Mm. I mean, and then down in fifth, it's McLaren who are you know nearly a hundred point ninety-eight points behind Ferrari. Yep. So it's, um, but I I think Aston are in big trouble, and I think not in big trouble. Sorry, I think they are in danger of losing that third spot in the constructors. Yeah. Um, and it goes back to a conversation we've had before. Lance Stroll is not scoring the points they need. No,
1: no, he's obviously the weak link, isn't he? And um, continues to be so. Um, we've we've mentioned this many times on this mm. podcast, and also in our copy. Um, you know, if if they're serious about making progress, they've got to rethink that that pairing. Yeah.
0: Um. And right, I, I hate to say this, Ben, but I oh. think I'm coming around to your way of thinking. Wow. Maybe maybe we should kick Verstappen out of the championship. Yeah. Yep. and then it would be an amazing, an amazing championship. So I, Hamilton actually even said it yesterday, didn't he? He said it's one of the most exciting times we've seen in the sport. We're finally getting to see the regs pull people closer. Yeah. The Williams, and actually, another nod to Alex Albon, who had another fantastic weekend. Yep. Uh, eighth he was. Um, we're seeing the Williams up there of Alex Albon. You see the McLaren's now, the Astons. There's a lot of teams getting very, very close. Uh, small gaps in qualifying, which is exactly what we need. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to the rest of the year and how it evolves. Uh, which is great if you take Verstappen out of the battle. So here's here's a stat for you. By race 10 at Silverstone last season. For lead in the championship was 34 points. At the same point this year, he's now leading by 99 points, and Red Bull are unbeaten. Mm. I mean pretty ominous in isn't terms it? of you know, we, we say about the regs closing everyone up except for yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, the the only thing I would say about that, um and I think I'm still right in saying, you know, look at the championship away from Max. Take nothing away from what he's doing. Phenomenal achievement. And, and everything that Red Bull's done is great. Um, you know, there's, again, I asked over the weekend if anyone had any suspicions about the car. And, and they're, they're not, you know, they're, they're, mm. they're, all the teams, from what I can tell, are happy that there's nothing wrong with it, nothing illegal. Um, you know, a few teams saying... And if
0: they thought there was, they would let you know.
1: Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yes, there would be some sort of complaint. Even an
0: inkling, there would be some sort of
1: yep. noise. Absolutely. So as far as they're all concerned, the car's legit. It's just the ability of of Max to do what he does best, which is obviously score points and win races. Um yeah, if you just take him out of the championship, I mean, how good would it have been to, to think that you've got Lewis and uh, Lando fighting for victory mm. in the British Grand Prix, you know, yeah. just to take that out. But the only thing I would say is, you know, getting back to my point was the fact is he only won by only 3.7 seconds, I think, something yeah. like that. That's the smallest margin that we've seen. All season, if you forget Austria where he made that pit stop on the last lap and took 20 seconds out um, to set the fastest lap and get the bonus points. So in actual fact, the gap, is it coming down? It might be. It might be. So this is the convergence of the cars. This is the other teams. I mentioned the um, development race. If the other teams are starting to get it right and Red Bull aren't able to develop at the same rate, bearing in mind they've got their wind tunnel Penalty from the cost cap from last year, all that, uh, all that nonsense uh, coming in. Um, you know, this could be a real opportunity for those those teams behind the Mercedes, Ferrari, if they get it right, Aston, if they get it right, to to close that gap and start putting more pressure on Max because at the moment he's finding it all a little bit too easy. He's coming out the car, you can see he's not massively sweaty, he's not massively flustered. You know, he, there was no squaring over the radio at the weekend. You know, if they can start putting pressure on him then we might be able to see a different Max Versteppen. Um, you mentioned at the start that he he didn't go for it uh, on lap one. And I think that that was very right. You know, he, he's showing a, a maturity now that, um, you know, he, he never had before. So he's he's getting better as a driver. It's now up to the others to start getting better with their car in order to make that that catch up. But, uh, yeah. I still look at the championship away from max and it's it's looking great, isn't it? You know there's some real tight battles
0: um I think what else is looking great is I've never been on the set of a Hollywood film before mm. this weekend, yeah. And yeah. it was actually really exciting apart from, I don't know who anyone famous is apart from Brad Pitt. So there's all these people walking around and I think, gosh, they look amazing. And then I, someone says to me, yeah, that's so insane. That's so insane. I'm like, "Oh right, Okay, fine. Um, it was quite exciting. It's all set up, ready to go. There was a lot of filming this weekend. We've now seen the car. We know the team is called apex GP without the E. Cause they're yeah. that cool. Um, we know all the names of the drivers. Now we know, we know a fair amount about the storyline. um, There was a very good question put to Lewis Hamilton on the press conference on Thursday, which is, "How do you expect us to suspend belief that Brad Pitt is just an old man and not would never realistically still be on the grid?" Which I thought was quite a good question because I think there's someone told me there's going to be a bit of CGI involved with um, them trying to knock off some of the years. Well,
1: listen, hang on. But it's just fun, isn't it? Well,
0: like you know, he's never been a cop before, but he, you know, we all watched Seven and thought it was brilliant and
1: look uh, know, he doesn't
0: age back or he does actually age backwards but you know there's well he's an actor right that's
1: what Lewis said didn't he he's getting younger yeah. but, but, but you look at the pictures if you see them or you know search them up if you haven't seen them you look at Brad Pitt because the pictures are out there now of him on the grid on Sunday alongside other drivers there's a great photo of him stood next to Carlos Sainz for the National Anthem he looks the same age come on it's all, all <laughs> very similar yeah, you know, it's not.
0: It's not awful.
1: You know, makeup's done a really good job there, and uh, <laughs> you know he looks great. You know he's trim. You know it. it looked really. Yeah, he's good. really.
0: He has got himself into really good shape. To be fair,
1: you know he and and also he's doing it the right way. He doesn't look fifty nine. He doesn't, and he's doing it the right way. He's been doing. I mentioned uh, on this podcast a few weeks ago that he'd been training um, at Paul Rickard and going around. Yep. He'd also been going around at Silverstone as well. So, um, you know, he's really trying to get it right. He's ridden bikes before, but never really ridden or driven, sorry, racing cars and sort of...
0: But he did, um, Lewis said he did a track day together in LA as well.
1: Yeah, that's also true. Yeah, so he's, he's kind of getting getting in the swing of things uh, to make it as most... The most authentic racing film going, I think, is what they want, isn't it? And obviously F1's had a bit of a checkered past with producing films. Some have been successful, others haven't. But I firmly believe this will be a good one, you know, and they need something to fill the gap after Netflix. Once that stops and the audience sort of tails off, they need something, a new project to kickstart people's imagination.
0: There was a really strange moment in the paddock. I was watching Netflix, filming Hollywood, filming F1, who were filming Netflix, filming Hollywood, and I just thought, oh my goodness, F1 is eating itself. (laughs) What is going on? But... And also this really strange thing that as soon as you walk into the paddock, you've signed away all your rights and you just accept that you're in a Hollywood film. And I was Mm. like, okay, great. This is fun. So they were filming and I didn't realize they were filming. And all I thought was, why do these guys keep walking around in circles? And then someone pointed out to me, yeah, they're filming. And I turned around and the camera was right there. And I thought, Jesus. There we go. Okay, fine. It's fun. It is fun. It's really, really fun. And then they've got another five races, I think. And then Vegas. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but anyway, you can probably guess Vegas mm. is going to be a big one for them.
1: Vegas. So, uh, Should we talk cool. about Vegas? Vegas had a big presence at Oh, yeah, go on.
0: Yeah, yeah. They bit, um, had basically sponsored everything.
1: Yeah, there was loads of signage, which I thought was quite... A surprise. but um, well, As if
0: they need to advertise as well, a race in Vegas. Aren't everyone doing that for them?
1: Interesting. Then we had a, a press briefing on Friday where the four main casino guys all sat on stage and told us that uh, they love Formula 1. They've loved it ever since the days of Drive to Survive came out um Just which,
0: ignoring the previous 70 years <laughs> which, which made 68. me
1: chuckle but um no they they're talking about all the razmataz and everything they want to do to make it a, an amazing show and i think that that is going to be the focus um lots of things such as uh, celebrity chef cook-offs and stuff like that um it all sounds bonkers um they keep repeating the phrase. They've got more champagne and tequila than any other state in the US. So they're all going to have a party. Yeah. Um, working. Yeah. It's going <laughs> yeah, to be bonkers, isn't it? It's going to be absolutely bonkers. But uh, no, there's a big feel good factor around this um, Vegas. They're not overly bothered the fact that the championship could be over by then. I think that they're just seeing it as a. Which is just as well given it
0: will be. Wow. Well,
1: yeah. It could be over by Qatar, I think, if we do the maths. Yeah. Um, you know, with five races to go. Um, yeah so it, uh, you know big focus on that I think it's going to be interesting one way or another uh, what else uh, calendar came out obviously that came out just before the British Grand Prix and I had
0: a, I had a, quite a few chats about the calendar mm. as, as we all do those of us who live on the circuit talk more about travel and food than anything else yeah um, a, a bit of concern that there could be some thoughts and resignations coming when people have the summer <laughs> break and start thinking about whether or not they can handle 24 races because in the press release, it said, we have tried to do this so it's slightly more geographically friendly. Mm. However, mm. if you actually look at the calendar, what they mean is geographically friendly for freight, yes. not for people. So at one point in the calendar, very early on, the third, race from the third race, you're expected to fly out to Australia, come back, fly out to Japan, come back, fly out to China, come back, or you just stay out there for three weeks, mm. whichever. Either way, it's not particularly friendly, is it? No.
1: No. Um... Yes, I think that that's the trade-off, isn't it? You know, it talks about sustainability and you know, that's a big focus for Formula One now. Um and and and, and trying to make it work. Uh, you know, I wear a pass which says net carbon zero by twenty thirty. Um I don't know how close they are to achieving it, but that's their goal. Anyway, uh the calendar is is a bit bonkers for individuals. Freight, I think it's fine. Um, but standalone races. When you're going as far as Australia is is bonkers. It takes you two hours to get there. You're there for three, maybe four days, and then it's another two days. Two days, you
0: mean? Not two hours.
1: Sorry, two days to get there. Yeah, two (laughs) days to get there. It's two like, days to get home
0: have you discovered teleportation
1: <laughs> if only um you know there's a big big question mark i mean you know i remember the days when i'd go to australia and then do malaysia and back when you used to have 20 20 races you would do 10 percent in two weeks and you'd be feeling oh you know what that's not so bad you could smash it out and everyone was happy um the reason why it's staggered is that teams are worried about the development race again uh if if their car doesn't work they could end up losing a chunk of points over two or three races if they've got triple or double headers without any time to manufacture new parts or make changes. So that's why they want the little breaks at the start. But for me, it just doesn't make much sense. I'd much rather, you know... And we've got a big chunk at the end
0: as well. We've got basically a month off in between two triple headers.
1: Yeah, that was was the shuffling around of Japan, which has come much much earlier, Um, and, and Qatar, I think, not moving. So, yeah, there's three weeks in September. Yeah, um, which would be quite nice, bonkers. but, um, you know, it, it is a bit of a, a logistical nightmare. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Um, but I, but I do think that, uh, when you start putting, you know, as we've got this year, back to back races with Vegas and Abu, Abu Dhabi, where you've got half a day swing in time zone before you've even actually made any yeah. journey, um, it, it's, it's just too much for people.
0: I've just put my Vegas flights and they're slightly terrifying knowing that I land and then 24 hours later I'm off to Abu Dhabi. Mm. Um, Anyway, let's get on to uh, my favorite bit of the show, uh, fans' questions. And actually... At the end of the last podcast, I asked, is anyone still watching? Because thankfully people are still listening, but I asked if anyone's still watching. Uh, And Miles Warwood sent me a very good message on Instagram. He said, everyone I know is switching off from F1 and it's been a sharp but steady continual decline from Abu Dhabi 2021. Then the cost cap scandal, he's obviously referring to Red Bull overspending. Then the dominance, again, Red Bull. Then the farce of the FIA. Yes, something we uh, wholly agree with and we've touched on a lot. There's four factors which just show why it's hard to watch F1 at the moment. So yeah, and he said he's watched F1 since the late 90s. He said, on the outside, Red Bull is so far in the FIA and F1's pocket, it's untrue. As a team, I can't stand them, but I guess it's the cycle of sport. Um, yeah, which I mean, uh, yeah. anecdotally I've heard from plenty of other people as well, similar similar vein, which is uh, a shame. But I'm glad yeah. you're still listening, Miles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing the TV figures from from the British Grand Prix. Of course, it's yeah. live on, on Channel Four, so it'd be quite interesting to see what figures they, they accumulated. Um, you know, it's going up against the the cricket. And tennis, and but the tennis, it wasn't a big day yesterday, was it for tennis? So uh, hopefully, I don't
0: know. I said up far too late watching the Djokovic show.
1: Really, (laughs) okay. So what? What (laughs) I I, still isn't finished. (laughs) I thought F one was going to win out on on all that battle, but um, let's see what happens with regards to the TV numbers. Um, You know, I'm still being told that there's healthy TV viewing figures across the globe. Um, You know, F one are quite keen to promote that that aspect and let us know that people in America are watching and stuff, but. yeah, I mean, if, if if you're looking for proof, then look at the 480,000 people that turned up at Silverstone over the four days. Absolutely incredible. You know, 60,000 people there for Thursday with not one car going around the track. I know. but the British Grand people Prix is unique Sunday. and mm. the fans
0: in this country are incredible and very knowledgeable and they turn up in their droves no matter the weather yeah uh, which wasn't always accommodating over the weekend True. it was incredibly impressive 160,000 people there alone on Sunday yeah it was amazing
1: yeah and and, and to be fair Silverstone did a really good job you know you need to remember that this is a privately funded uh, race it doesn't have the government support in the same way that Majority of the others do, or even local, um, you know, city money. Um, they 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 do it all themselves. But they put on a really good show. The acts were good, you know, not not necessarily my type of music, but people enjoyed it. You know, I saw the Black Eyed Peas set, and that was absolutely heav- heaving. You know, they'd increased the capacity at the stage section from twenty four thousand to forty eight, and it and it yeah, felt that was like amazing. A, you know, a mini Glastonbury, shall we say? You know, with all the light show and everything else. They the drivers got involved as well, and you know, it was a really good a really good event um, and, I, and I think that that's the key. People will probably go home from that thinking actually you know it was a lot of money but I had fun and of course the key is for them to rebook next year.
0: It is a lot of money but I think Silverstone look after you when you're there because as you say they put so much on and and I think the vast majority is included in the price of your ticket. Yeah. So it's I think it's I've always thought it's a brilliant weekend uh, obviously slightly biased being mm. British media and it being the British race but I do love it. I do love Silverstone and I mostly love it for the fans because the atmosphere is incredible
1: mm-hmm
0: yeah have you got any questions for us ben
1: no 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 questions i'm looking forward to goodwood oh. this week um oh
0: yeah festival of speed
1: festival speed so it's really sunny down here today so i'm hoping the weather holds and everyone has a nice time um i think it's going to be very big uh big event lots of MotoGP. gp Representation lots of McLaren. McLaren guys are
0: down there, aren't they? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, big McLaren stuff as well. Yeah, um, you know, the actual other side of it is the the new cars and road cars I'm talking about and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, I always love it. It's always a big buzz in town. Um, you know, the traffic's gonna be a nightmare, but apart from that, I'll, I'll get out on my, my motorbike, which gets stuck in traffic and get used to it. Not
0: your bike's not as fat as the Harley,
1: no, that's true, that's true. So it'll so um, be all right, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I always enjoy this, you know, British British motorsport fortnight, Should we call it? Is that a thing? Yeah, why not? Um, you know, so it, it, it's great. And then, of course, that all feeds into to Hungary, Budapest, which I love, great city.
0: Oh, always, such a good race.
1: Always throws up something in that race. Oh, I yep. think, you know, I didn't think anyone other than Max was going to win the British Grand Prix, but I do think that someone other than Max will win. Hungary,
0: and okay. then we've got spa
1: yeah of course Which who knows max spa. will win in spa but uh i, 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 I do think i mean obviously spa is a talking point at the moment isn't it well, know, as long as the, i
0: was about to say as long as everyone gets around safely yeah all, there was
1: the tragedy we'll
0: just be grateful for that
1: yeah i wrote a piece about that saying that i don't think that that should be on the calendar anymore um you know i feel quite strongly about I've always felt strongly about the Belgian Grand Prix, and we were talking about Silverstone and value for money and added value for fans and, and the things, the extra lengths that Silverstone go to. For, for years, Spa just didn't do anything. There was just the track action, and you'd always have F1, GP2, F2, uh, Porsche Super Cup. But that was about it. You didn't have any fan zone or anything Yes, they've got a fan zone now, but it's it's just not the same as... They're not comparable. You know, no, not at all. Not at all. And, and people are paying lots of money, sleeping in tents, weather's dreadful. But of Always. course, ultimately, the big thing is the safety aspect. And yes, Spa is a great track. Yes, it's got great history, but it's just no longer fit for purpose in my eyes. I think that, you know, they need to make changes. You know, they keep saying that up that you know, Apu Rouge and, um, you know, the on yeah. and, and, and they're quite limited because the cliff drops away. Well, okay, fine. Well, if that's the case, then you have to tweak the track to, to move it in the other direction. I know you've just put a big grandstand in there, but rethink it. You know, things need to be changed. The cars have a change. Formula One racing has changed. Everything's moved on just because, the track was like that and has always been like that. Sometimes you need to make move with the changes and, and make things better, make things safer, and and that for me is is an argument that that shouldn't exist. You shouldn't have an existence where the track is saying no, we can't do it, we can't do it because there's a cliff there. Well, okay, fine, move the track, make some improvements to that aspect to that aspect, and you know that that's non negotiable for F1 and the FIA. Um, well, we
0: live in a world now. I think where we go racing, and every time we go racing, we don't expect people to die like they did in the seventies, eighties, sixties, fifties. Whereas there's that feeling when you go to Spa of, oh God, please, everyone just get around safely. Yeah, and it's the only track we go to where you feel like that, and yeah. I, and I can't imagine what that's like for the drivers. I mean, they're they're not human like the rest of us. Um, they accept those risks, but I don't think they should have to.
1: No, exactly. No, exactly. So, don't really yeah. ruin a bad one. So, um, no. you know, let's just look at the positives which we've got. Obviously. Well, we've got
0: Hungary first, which is brilliant. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Budapest, fantastic city, yeah. and, uh, and, and it's one of the it's one of the races I always recommend to people if they ask me where to go in Europe.
1: Yes, it is. Yeah, it's it's not the cheapest, which is surprising because you always think that mm. when you're there, it's actually quite okay to get about and and eat and yeah. everything. But flights tend to be expensive, and hotels everywhere we go at the moment are expensive. Oof. Impossible. Um, but yeah so it's a good track Um, you know but but I'm still buzzing after the British Grand Prix so good. that's where I'm at
0: right well on that positive note thank you Ben we will wrap up uh, we'll be back again after the next race in Hungary as we said until then you can connect with us on all our socials we are trialling threads come and say hello uh, I think let me know if anyone's still using Twitter uh, I'm trying not to but there we yeah, go I, I'm, not, I'm, Instagram. I'm not using Twitter anymore I don't think anyone is. Yeah. But let us know if you are. We'll 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 revert back. But otherwise, we're on threads um, and we're on uh, Instagram at Inside the Piranha Club. Uh, thank you all for listening. Until next time.
1: Thank you.